<laughs> All right. Welcome back to part four of Sean and Kyle discussing movies and things. We finally made it to Eternals. We're here, baby. We are here. Woo. Big spoiler warnings coming up, though. Yes. Don't forget, spoilers galore coming at you. Spoilers galore. If you want to know what we think, uh, fast forward to the end um, or just see the movie and wait. Or check it out and uh, hear what we have to think. Um, or check out other episodes. But Eternals, we... So, a little breakdown. I know nothing about Eternals. I um, I know it's those comics that were made back in the day. I don't know exactly when Eternals was made. I think maybe it was like 70s, 60s. I don't know. But I know... Um, it came out, and I was kind of floored when I initially saw it. I don't know about you, Kyle. Um, for just seeing the movie, like first, res- like, like, did you ever we- hear about it at all? Um, or? I knew nothing about Eternals, honestly, nothing. Same, like, all same. I, I, I saw a trailer and I go, Eternals, what's this? That's at Marvel Studios. I'm like, oh, it's a Marvel movie. I'm gonna be honest with you, I didn't even see the trailer. <laughs> I just had, um, I think, what was it? You hit me up a week ago a couple of weeks ago and you were like, Hey, let's go see this movie. And I was like, okay. And then one of my buddies hit me up was like, Hey, let's go see it. And I was like, sure. But I knew nothing about Eternals. All I know is like, it's from comics from back in the day because now with Marvel on to phase four, they're kind of done. Like they're focusing mainly on like Spider-Man, Dr. Strange and like other things. Um, so this is one of those movies. So I'll give a brief, 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 brief synopsis, or maybe it's like phase, yeah. Uh, synopsis of Eternals movie. Sorry, I'm typing this in. Synopsis. All right. Eternals, a race of immortal beings with superhuman powers who have secretly lived on Earth for thousands of years reunite to battle the evil deviants. Okay. Pretty simple uh, synopsis, right? Very, very easy. Movie was directed and screenplay written by Chloe Zhao. Yep. Um, she's Chinese. I think she did. Uh, did she do Shang Chi as well? As well, I think she Let me, did. I'm looking her up right now. I think she did Shang Chi also. She did songs. My brothers taught me. Uh, the writer and then Noma Land. Um, and Eternal. So she's only done four films. Oh, really? But they all look pretty darn good. I know she's gotten a couple awards for things like independent stuff, but she's never. Oh, wait. She got four Academy Award nominations for uh, No Man No Man Land. That's right. Because that one was a big one. So big name coming off of success of award season. Um. This film has a couple different interesting... So this film, I don't know anyone that was in it. It's like Gemma Chan as Cersei, Richard Madden, Madden as Icarus. They got Kumal Ninblada as King Gun, Lisa McHugh as Sprite, Brian Trey Henry as Fastos, Lauren Ridloff as Makari, 
Whoever the hell these people Richard are. Richard Madden is Icarus. The only two that I know of Don is Lee. Angelina Jolie as Thena. Angelina Jolie. And then I didn't know this. I just saw us here. Apparently Harry Styles from One Direction oh. played Star Fox. Oh. In the end. Yeah. Oh, and then they have Selma Hayek. Yeah, she's so beautiful. Oh, oh the one God. who plays Ajax? Yeah. yeah, she, yeah, yeah she's so yeah, hot. Yeah. <laughs> Her and Angelina Jolie. Actually, like all the females, I felt well excited for, you know. The child sprite. Um, but I felt like most of the women in this movie was actually pretty good looking. I was like, oh my God. And then uh, Deviant Crow was voiced by Bill Skarsgård, if that means anything. Um, yeah. And Pat Oswalt appeared as Pip the Troll. Because I, huh. I, I figured that one out. I was like, oh yeah. Okay. But um, so yeah, this was kind of the film. It was just about these like, Spoilers, basically it turns out they're robots and they come to uh, defend the world from these deviants. The world was created by this like monster or what is, what was the? So essentially the worlds get created to the life, whatever is on that world. Like for Earth, for example, mm-hmm. Earth is created and its sole purpose is for humankind to evolve and grow and repopulate to a certain amount of people, a certain population. I don't remember if they said, mm-hmm. but like, we'll just say it's 7 billion. And then once they hit a certain amount of potential and they're intelligent enough and have enough people, yeah. then a celestial that is not an eternal, like a full on celestial that is like bigger than planets mm-hmm. can be born. But for them to be born, they essentially get born from the core of the earth and or whatever planet they have and the planet explodes and everyone and everything on it dies but then this massive celestial god essentially will be born yes. from the ashes of the planet and it continues on yep and they it just continues and it's planet, been going for millions of years creating life, and the yeah. eternals are essentially the henchmen of these gods that are there to protect the earth from the deviants who are essentially chaos because they, yep. the deviants were initially created by the celestials um, as a way as predators, right? To, to kill off. They were apex predators. They were apex predators, but then they evolved, and because they evolved, they had to make robots, the um, Eternals. Eternals, to beat the um, deviants. The deviants. So, like, which was kind of interesting to me. Yeah. So the film, in and of itself, was really interesting. Um, I saw it the first time, fell asleep through all like the main exposition because I was so tired. And then this time I watched it all the way through. And I actually really liked the film. I thought that story concept was really curious. The idea of like celestials, the idea of these planets being created, the celestials messing up. And with the evolution of the deviants needing to create the Eternals, which are basically robots. And then they just like re... Their brain gets wiped. They recycle them. They recycle them after the plants. So that was a really cool concept. And then the whole point is like this, like you may have said, the Eternals don't want to die. They don't want to lose their memories. They don't want the plant to explode. They want to keep it because they've, a lot of them fall in love with humans. They like one becomes a movie star. Like they all, they don't want to lose that. And then the war is because Icarus, he believes they should follow the Celestials and continue the process. Um, Ajax didn't, so Icarus kills Ajax, 
because she like communicates with the head celestial, the red guy. I can't remember his name, Argamus or. Um, let me. I'll look it up. You can keep going. But I'll, so I'll she it. she communicates with him, and then she tells Icarus. But then she changed her mind because she loves humanity, and so all of the guys pretty much love humanity and want to stay there, except for um, Sprite because she's a kid and she wants to learn how to grow up and like fall in love and have children, but she can't because she's stuck as a child, can't age. The movie star Bollywood guy, he he doesn't care. He believes they should follow their programming because it's their purpose in life. And then uh, so does Icarus. So there's like this divide. And then they basically battle. And it's kind of like a mystery. Them trying to figure out like why the planet's having earthquake. What are these deviants? Because they thought they destroyed all the deviants like 500 years ago. But then they came back. So to me, that was a really interesting story about free will going against the man um, and Kyle, it kind of makes me wonder if you were an eternal, what would you do? Would you follow through with the plan or would you want to stay and kind of find a way to like not kill the celestial, but like stop it from happening? Oh, oh, uh, stop, stop like the, the celestial world. from being born. Mm-hmm. Um, well, I did look up. So the, um, eternal celestial is Arshem the judge. Arshem the judge. That's right. That's he his is name. The judge. And he is essentially... He's the prime celestial, looms large in the Eternals as the movie's primary antagonist, or at least being to whom the main cast is subject to. Mm-hmm. So he is essentially the overall ruler because he they're they're pawns for him essentially. None yeah. of them can beat him. He's huge. He's oh, yeah, giant. He's literally like plant like multi planet size. He's as big as a galaxy. Yeah. He's His huge. Face alone was as big as Earth. Yeah. So. But um, Giant. if I was in the Celestials position, I mean, that's a tough one because the some Eternals, of them like, yeah. or the Eternals, because you got to think, some of them fell in love with each other. Well, yeah. Now you think because their minds are wiped, how many times have they fallen in love with each other and fallen out of love? How many? Because you, you don't know. Because all they even say in the movie, some of them are like, well, this is my first mission. And they're like, no, you've been doing this for millions of years, essentially. Forever. And that like, that takes a toll on them. But like Angelina if, Jolie. Yep. If I had to pick yeah. a side, I would essentially uh, pick the side of um, uh, the actor from Bollywood. I can't remember which one he is. Uh, his actual name in the movie. Um, which guy was that? That was he was Kingo. 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 Yes, Kumai. Kingo. Yeah. Kingo. I would side with him. Kingo is the one who he knows that you know what's gonna happen if they don't follow along and he essentially doesn't want to incur the wrath and potentially end up being killed forever mm-hmm. if his choice is either potentially dying forever and never coming back or having your mind wiped but getting just a reset button he chose the reset button and i would probably side with that well, yeah. because if there's no chance to beat the higher power. Yeah. You're going up you're going up against an unstoppable a force, but you're not an immovable object. You're a, you're an object they could just push their finger on and kill you. Yeah. So like cuz they may have infinite power, never age, but but what is that infinite power versus that infinite power? There's different scales obviously. So that's why I was like, "Eh, I mean, yeah. You know, and these are people, yes, you've been there for 7,000, 8,000 years, but it's like you kind of have to choose, mm-hmm. you know, and maybe make a selfish decision. Would you rather live or would you rather risk the life even though there is like almost pretty much 100% chance that everyone will still die? Well, that's the crazy because you can never have a relationship. 
Yeah. Well, there is one guy, and they actually, <laughs> Marvel has its first gay main character. Yeah, uh, for males. For yeah. males, yeah. The, um, let's see. It was uh, Fastos. Fast, yeah. And he's gay, and he's able to, um, like, make, like, things with the power. Like, he can make guns and things with his hand, like, rings and stuff. He's really intelligent. He was kind of, like, for the humans... Um, he would create inventions like guns or whatever. Whatever he, he would, he would also show like the uh, the Eternals before he would introduce to the humans like stuff to show them. Like he makes a steam powered engine, and Ajax and them say they're not ready for that. So then he changes he it to like, a plow. The f- yeah, like it was like five BC, and I kind of actually really enjoyed this film. Those elements of where they would go back in time because they would jump from like 500 BC, 400 to Babylon, to Babylon, present day. present day. And they would show like how the Eternals kind of helped humans grow because the whole point was once humans reached a certain peak of intelligence, we would like destroy ourselves anyways and that was enough intelligence like and like global warming and such to cause the celestial to burn out of the explode out of the planet. So it's really kind of interesting stuff. Um, as a, as a eternal, I don't know what I would do because I think personally, like you're never going to die. So you can't have, well, a you rela- can die. Well, you can, but you're never going to be able to have a relationship with someone. Everyone that you fall in love with is going to die unless you fall in love with an eternal, which right? has like happened, Icarus but then and, they all fall out of love too. They did. Cause he, he flew away Yep. because when, when Icarus, Icarus and, um, Circe, Circe, they were like power couple, 5,000 years. But then Icarus, once he finds out from Ajax that the whole thing is like rigged. That it's this, all a lie and they're it's all, all robots lie. and their memories are going to get wiped unless they do what the celest- the prime celestial Arsheim says. He just disappears for like a couple thousand years. And so then Circe finds someone new. She lives her life. And then they come back. Causes drama. Yeah. Which I think the weaker parts of the film was like their love. Um, I also kind of got annoying when they were like centuries. I've wanted to do this for centuries. You know, they kept referencing like, you know, like in movies, some people are like, I've always wanted to do this for years. These guys, the, centuries. Or like, or like how the, the young girl, I I've can't loved remember her name, for Sprite, centuries. Sprite was like, oh, I've always just wanted to be a normal human and live a normal human life. And always just kind of like reference that and stuff. It's just like, she was like, very okay, bitter. we get it. We Sprite, get it. Sprite was very bitter. <laughs> yeah, the whole time. And she also, I mean, I, I will say I did appreciate how they compared Sprite and Icarus to Peter Pan and Tink. Yeah. I did appreciate that because it actually was very good. It was very clever. Mm-hmm. I, didn't, I didn't see that one. How Sprite. Tink has always been in love with Peter Pan but can never be with him. Yep. Sprite has always been in love with Icarus. But she is so young because she's meant to be like a 14-year-old. She can never be with Icarus, who is like a prime male. He's like, you know, in his upper 20s or something like that. And also Icarus is stated to be the strongest of the Eternals on multiple occasions. And he's also compared to Superman. Yeah, because they all have interesting powers. Like Icarus can fly. He shoots lasers. He has lasers from his eyes. He has super strength. You know, Ajax powers, pretty much healing is yeah. what it seems like. Sprite's powers is kind of like Loki. She has like uh, Illusion, illusions right? yeah. and deception. Uh, Cersei can essentially, she says in the movie, she can essentially change any non-living thing 
to whatever she wants, which mm-hmm. her powers then flourish and for some reason work on living like things. Like she turns a bus that's which, about to like hit them into like rose petals. Yeah, and then the driver pops out of the yeah. pile and he's fine. So it doesn't affect humans, which it was shown. But then later in the movie, that's the only thing that I had a question about was like, why in that second fight did it work on a deviant when it didn't work before? And she was able to kill the deviant and turn him into a tree. I think that's because she had the powers of Ajax with her as well. Because they asked her and she was like, oh, I don't well, know. Well, she got the orb, yeah. She, she got, got the- Ajax orb, so then she was like, oh, I don't know. This is new yeah. to me too because she turned, yeah. So, I mean, it, that wasn't really explained that well, so that's why I was kind of like, eh, you kind of left it open-ended. There's, like, right. one girl that was, like, the Flash, super um, speed. Yeah, there was, uh, Makari was pretty much the Flash. Kingo essentially could shoot energy beams from his hands. He was kind of like like, like Goku yeah. with, like, key blast, but he, Come like, shot it like guns. <laughs> and then there was a couple points where he can, like, charge it up, and, like, the mm. longer he charges, the stronger it is. There was Gilgamesh, who essentially has super strength. Uh, Druig, who has mind control, and then um, Thena, who could essentially, she's just like a Wonder Woman-esque. She just kind of has like the ability to manifest like spears, swords, shields, daggers. The greatest warrior. Yep, pretty much. She is so hot, still. Oh, God, um, Angelina Jolie, still. (laughs) Still killing it. Still killing it. I mean... I feel like all the women were beautiful. In this. Oh, oh, they did a great job in this. <laughs> they I were just great, and and this, the cast were so diverse. I I did I did enjoy the cast, even though like the actors themselves I did like, but the characters in the movies was where I started to have a problem. Mm-hmm. So Sean really more or less enjoyed the movie. Sure. I thought it was okay. Like the two characters that were definitely the best for me was Icarus and Thena. Because mm-hmm. Icarus gets fleshed out a lot. Like, he's the one who is, like, the new, the one that everyone says should be the leader of the Eternals. He is, like, the Superman-esque. He, I don't know, he's just the strongest. He has the most development, for sure, mm-hmm. out of every character. And I enjoyed his character arc because, you know, he, the whole movie, you think he's, like, with the Eternals and he's for them. And he's like, yeah, let's do this. But then you get that dramatic twist in the last, like, 30 minutes where he actually is trying to kill the Eternals and wants Tiamat, which is the new Celestial, to be born from the Earth. So Mm -hmm. he actually fights the Eternals, Mm -hmm. and he's the one who killed Ajak. He's the one who helped the Deviants. So then it all, like, turns on its head, and I really enjoyed that. And then you get Thena. Conflict. Yeah, Thena, I think. Was Thena your favorite character? I really like Thena because she held on to her memories from past worlds, and she wasn't supposed to. Yep, but it was a flaw in her design, so she was actually going crazy. I forget the word that they use, but she, um, because like all the other Eternals, they had their memory wiped. She, her brain was like starting to get backed up, so she would like get under mind control and would start attacking the Eternals randomly. And she needed uh, Gilgamesh. He instead of killing her, he he's her protector. So. He did, like, kind of do a Hulk move where he would be like, the sun's coming down to, like, calm her down. Whenever she would, like, start going crazy and lose her mind, he would always, like, calm her down. And um, in the end, she ended up uh, taking part in what would be Gilgamesh's death. Yep, because because she was so calm and she was calmed by him. But then she started to lose herself. So in Gilgamesh, when he's fighting the main deviant, the most powerful one, he couldn't. He couldn't fight him because he had to try to stop Athena from losing it and attacking him and the other Eternals. 
So he ends up dying because of Thena, and then yep. Thena snaps out of it right as Gilgamesh dies. Yep. And then Icarus comes in and saves the day before Thena gets killed, but Gilgamesh dies and his power gets absorbed by the all-powerful deviant, like the main one, who is the same one that when Icarus killed Ajax, mm-hmm. absorbed Ajax's power of healing and then passed it on to the other deviants. So yep. it's just like, it all came full circle, which I liked, but there was just stuff that was like, this is really cool, but then it gets ruined. Like, to me, I really love that. But like I told you yesterday after we got the movie, just the whole Gilgamesh thing to Thena, I was just like, come on. I'm like, going we down. already yeah. had this with Hulk and Black Widow for three movies, yep. or two movies. I'm like, come on. Like the whole, <laughs> hey, big guy, sun's getting real low. Let's touch hands. Let me just let me just gently graze your hand and you snap out of it. Like, what? That's stupid. And then they're just like, he's just like, give me your hand. And they just touch palms. Yeah. And then he just stares into her eyes and she just... And then comes back and I'm just like, God. Because he, because but, he loves her. But Gilgamesh was a good character, he though. was a good character. I did enjoy Gilgamesh uh-huh. for the little bit we had him. He was funny. He was your big bulky guy. But he wasn't the dumb... Strong guy. He was smart and a strong guy. Who do which you is th- why I liked him. Who is the funniest? The fu- Oh, man, that's tough. The Middle East. That really guy. is tough. Because, I don't know, because um, Kingo was so funny. Was so freaking funny. And so was Festos. They were hilarious. But I don't know, man. It's between Kingo and, and the movie producer. Yeah. Because Kingo in the movie, he, the first yeah. time you see him, he's making a movie called Eternals or Icarus Rising or yeah, something. Yeah. And he plays Icarus. Yeah. So when Icarus... <laughs> Uh, and Cersei and uh, Sprite go to see him. He's <laughs> making a movie, and then his director is this Indian guy that's a little bigger, and he is so funny. Like the, the he, he gets introduced like halfway through the movie, and he's in there almost the rest of the movie, and he is hysterical. Like him and Kingo are the comic relief. They are the whole movie. Yes, and they do a great job. I cannot be mad. They are like. The equivalent of Thor and Jeff Goldblum and Ragnarok. Like yes. I, I thoroughly enjoyed them. I have nothing bad to say about those two because they did well. And like I enjoyed, documentary. And like I enjoyed Kingo because he looked up to Icarus the whole time. And then you get to the ending when they're all deciding, and that is why Kingo is tied for my favorite character with Icarus because he just says, "I'm not gonna fight Icarus. He's too strong. Even if all of us gang up against him." we will lose. Mm-hmm. So I'm just going to let my memory get erased and be done with it. And he leaves and you don't see him again till the end of the movie. And I loved it. His arc wraps up and it was beautiful. Like no, yeah. no problems with Kingo. Well, yeah. Cause like he tells him, he's like, you know, I admire you for what you guys believe in, but I think we should follow our programming because and, and Icarus I don't, is like I don't, I don't want to go against Icarus. I don't think that we could beat him. And, I don't want to go against, you know, the Celestials. So I hope to see you next planet. I'm, but I'm not going to fight you guys. Yep. Like Icarus is going to battle you because I love you guys and you guys are my friends. So I'm going to object. And I thought that was really good because you never see that in movies. Yep. You never, it's always good versus bad. In this film, it was really gray. And I really like that idea. There was no that, good or bad guy. No. That's why I like the synopsis for no. Arsheim even yeah. says he is supposedly the antagonist, but it's not totally said that he is. And you're supposed yeah. to think the Eternals are the protagonists, mm-hmm. but then they even say in the movie, 
they're not actually the good guys. They're helping the, the bad guys, but they're but the bad guys aren't also the celestials because the celestials created everything. Yeah. So it's like it's like are the gods who literally are there to create life are they the bad guys because they're creating more life? Like Kingo and them say in the movie, it's like who's the bad guy? Who's the good guy? There, there wasn't. There the really bad guy isn't. was the deviants. But then we get to my biggest gripe in the movie, okay. which I said to Sean yesterday. I said the deviants didn't really need to be in this movie. The deviants were solely there for a bad guy in quotes, for something to look at and someone for the good guy or the good guys in quotes, the Eternals to fight. Because yeah. when you first see the deviants, they they eat they eat a random guy back in ancient Macedonia, I think it was, mm-hmm. which is probably the red my red shirt for the movie too. <laughs> the father. That random dad. Yeah, you just start off and you get to Macedonia, you see a son Run, cutting son. open up cutting, cutting open a fish that his dad's catching. You see his dad just on the <clears> beach <throat> stabbing fish and putting them into the net, obviously getting food for the village. Then all of a sudden you just see the villagers up on top of the hill saying like, "Run, it's coming." And then the dad just sees it, knows he's going to die, looks at his son, he just says, run, son. And the dad just gets eaten. Yep. Right there. Like, but then, like, right for insult to injury, like, two seconds later, Icarus, Icarus shoots the guy with the laser. Yep. So it's like, man, you couldn't be there, like, five seconds before. <laughs> look, look, he's not Superman, all right? He's because like Superman. the movie's got to do that. They got to yep. show how mean the villain is by killing someone One random something. person. So that's probably, that that, I would say that's probably my red shirt. Mine too. Because, like, he, he just, he, I mean, who was he? He was just a random throwaway, but it's like, he yeah. didn't need to die. But, like, outside of that, that is how you're shown the Deviants are bad than them attacking, you know, Babylon when they have the Great Wall, which was really cool. I, yeah. I did admire all the throwbacks, like the Me old, too. the back-in-time ones. I like Tenochtitlan and all that, the yeah, battle. Like, yeah, I enjoyed that. But yeah. the Deviants didn't need to be there. As the movie went on, the Deviants had no place. Like, they mm. were just there. And, like, the one that absorbed Ajax and then Gilgamesh's power, you're like, oh, so that's going to be the final villain. Mm-hmm. But then they do him dirty. Then he gets killed in the stupidest way. I'm sorry. Like, By Athena, yeah. Ugh. Like, I know you. we talked about, you liked the scene of the, the end battle where Icarus is standing off and then the Deviant comes down. Mm-hmm. You enjoyed that, right? I did. Yeah. How would you... So my question for you is, if you could have changed that whole scene, mm-hmm. would you have and what would you have done? Instead of having the Deviant be <clears throat> killed off by Athena in that 1v1 I think, and Icarus get captured, would you have changed it? Yeah, I mean, I wish that um, Icarus... So, with the Deviant just being murdered by uh, Athena, you know, because he like they throw him in a cave and then he pretends to speak to Athena's like, crazy self by being um, Gilgamesh. Gilgamesh. And then he, like, wraps her up in his vines, and he's sucking her power, but then she, like, was playing him, and then slices him up into pieces and kills him. Um, I wish the Deviants would have actually joined the Eternals, that one at least, in their fight against the uh, Celestials. Because, to me, it felt like the Deviants just wanted to be taken care of, um, because they, that guy especially, he was like, this is garbage. Like our whole purpose is just to be hunted by you. And that's not fair. And he, and he was mad that that was his purpose. He was actually mad at the Celestials and he wanted to, you know, stop that. And he actually, but they just, they, I feel like they didn't know what to do with him because they're like, oh, deviants are bad. So we just got to kill him. And it would have been better for them, for the deviant to join up with them in battling Icarus and then killing Icarus. Or would you have rather had him join Icarus because or, or join Icarus he, because he is there to be an apex predator mm-hmm. and essentially to wipe out all life 
so that way the intelligent life hit their purpose is still kind of like the eternals thing well he ended it. up fighting icarus well that's what i'm saying like, because he was like they're like wait but why are you helping and he's like because i don't want to die either so that's what i'm saying like so he's so he wouldn't have joined icarus well, because he didn't want to die he, but he didn't want to die but at the same time if he would have helped the celeste or the eternals then the planet would have blown up and he would have died no so no, that, no no if he would have uh beaten icarus and the planet wouldn't have but if he would have joined Icarus, then the planet would have blown up. Oh, yeah, yeah, you're so right. You didn't right. see so what I'm saying? Yeah. had it backwards. Yeah, so yeah. then that would have been interesting to me because then they could have maybe changed how they viewed that Gilgamesh gets another round, you know? But I think the problem was they didn't know what to do with the Deviant, so then they just resorted him back to being the Predator. And being killed off in a really basic way. Yeah. Did you, but, did you enjoy the fact that the Deviants went from being these mindless dinosaur monsters mm-hmm. to once he absor- absorbed Ajax and Gilgamesh, he kind of developed a personality, yeah. kind of like Ultron in the Age of Ultron? I thought that was cool. Like, I thought it was I, really, I really cool. liked that, actually. He seemed to be a pretty interesting character. And that's why I liked him. But I just felt his his use in the film was pretty much like, oh, they were just there to fight the Eternals. They were there to be something bad to look at for the Eternals to fight. I didn't like how the Deviants looked. I thought they were weird, like alien, because they were just like, it was almost like ribbons all tied together, like in different rainbow colors to like form random evil creatures. But... It was like it was almost like there were the muscles. So like if you know anatomy, it's like the the muscles without the skin, and then each muscle like tendon was painted a different color. It was okay, but they just I don't know. They're healing. They didn't look bad though. That's the thing. Like they were like gray was like their main color, Mm -hmm. and like they didn't look evil like yeah they looked like bad guys but like they could have made them like imagine if all of them would have been like blood red and black or something like that like just dark and evil colors like what you think of Mm -hmm. imagine if it was like that color combo or something like make them look like a spawn of hell or something that would have been way cooler because then you would have been like oh that's a bad guy like we need to kill him but right now they just kind of look like gray and then there's like some yellow there's like some rainbow pink. in them too yeah, like, and i was like huh they for kids to color on or something well maybe that's like to suit the director's idea of like oh these are just like an alien but they're not actually bad they're just it's not their fault yeah they were just put on the planet there was a celestial that messed up so it was kind of interesting but icarus ends up flying he ends up killing himself essentially by flying into the sun which i thought was really stupid at the end yeah that he, like he like joins them and stopping you, them and did then... you enjoy my ending that i voiced to you yesterday i don't know if you remember so i said my ending for icarus would have been you know when he gets to the top of tiamat and cersei's sitting there using her power to freeze him instead of like icarus threatening to like use his laser vision stopping and then going and stopping because he's having that internal conflict because he loves her which Mm -hmm. okay i'm fine with that would you have rather have seen it like i said where he walks towards her and he's like telling her not to do it and then she like stands up and pretty much like goes in for a hug or gives him a kiss but then she pretty much kills him or something like yeah like she kills him instead of having that him just icarus just decide oh yeah i'm a good guy again like would you rather have seen icarus get killed by cersei instead of him just killing himself and flying into the sun to fulfill some childhood book or whatever the <laughs> nursery rhyme or whatever i don't know because the problem is like with icarus the whole thing about him is the conflict right because he lied to them and all that so in the end he joins them because he loves her so much that he doesn't want to kill her so instead, he would rather just help them, help her, 
satisfy her wanting to stay alive with the humans and stop the celestial from exploding out. And then he, instead of like dealing with the guilt, he deals with the bike committing suicide i think that makes sense to me at, rather than her killing him because i don't know if she could kill him well because she can change organic matter now like yes. she did with the deviant amateur but i don't think she would because she still loves him well and so I, mean, I i think the unfortunately like i don't know i think to me the best ending was the ending even though it was kind of like silly you know he just kind of joins but it makes sense because he still loves her and or, he doesn't want to like yeah. you know he doesn't want to hurt her and kill her so I got you. That makes it. That made sense to me. The only least. other way I would have ended it is don't have the deviant die when he does have the deviant fight Icarus, like have Icarus up there, like, and you know, about to like use his laser vision, have the deviant come up and fight Icarus mm-hmm. and then have it be like, you know, Icarus is still trying to figure out, does he want to kill? He wants to kill the deviant, but he also wants to stop Cersei. So what does he do? Have that conflict, but he can't kill Cersei because he loves her. What if he had (laughs) to kill himself and the deviant? Because the deviant was about to kill Cersei and he has that internal struggle, but Mm -hmm. he wants to protect her more than satisfy Celestial. So Icarus essentially has to like, Mm kind of like a Superman in the end of Batman versus Superman with Doomsday, how he sacrificed himself to kill Doomsday. It could he be. dies, but so does the bad guy. Like, Maybe. I would have rather seen that, honestly. Mm-hmm. Now I think about it, that would have been my ideal ending. Have, like, Icarus take out the Deviant and himself. Like, fly them both into the sun. But yeah. ma- don't make it be to kill himself. Just make it be to, hey, I can't get rid of this monster. He's too powerful. Yeah. Take him out and me, so that way my love of my life can live. And also this planet that I've grown fond of Sacrificing can live. Yeah, himself. like a sacrifice. Like, I mean, it's cliche it's very cliche but like i would yeah. have rather have seen that than just for no like that's well, what got me like he, I get the- it satisfies his arc you know because he loves her so and they couldn't have stopped it without him because he is the most powerful so they needed him to i know yeah, like like I, i'm just i mean i know it's how the ending already went was cliche but it's just like that's what got me i was just like i would have there was so many other endings i would have rather have seen because it sure. was he was a great character, and I don't know. To me, it just felt like it cheapened his character. Like, okay. okay. I don't know. Like Again, like you said, the nursery rhyme, like, oh, it's the man who flew too close to the sun. I was just like, and here we go. His death, <laughs> his death was already foreshadowed. Yeah, and you I was were like, so mad. In the yeah, I was just like, come on, man. Like, <laughs> uh, like I would have rather seen something else. So I was just but like, then at oh. the, like, the end, too, with the, uh, the guy, the celestial... Um, he just kind of showed up, right? And then he was like, all right, judgment day. Cause I guess they're making a second one Yep. where he comes back and he judges, uh, the Eternals. Cause he doesn't like fight the Eternals or anything, but he's like, well, you chose not to let the celestial be born. I'm going to review your memories and decide for myself if that was a good choice or not. Yeah. And so he's not. kind of like, you know, reviewing like, the data, which I kind of really like that. like, you know, that dude is like really logical. And he's like, well, you he's know. He's the judge. He, I mean, he, think about it. He's he, the final judgment. Which is kind of interesting because like he has the power as the ultimate celestial to like murder all these people. But, but he, literally. But he's fair. He he's could just, just grab the planet and just like squish it like a tomato if he wanted. But. But he's fair, and that's why I kind of liked the film because it was just very different from something that we've all that we've seen. You know, it was just the reason I'm saying what I am. I'm not Thanos. saying it's great versus terrible. It's just like I said, it was just something really good happens, but then to me it just gets cheapened, and then something mm-hmm. else good happens, then it gets cheapened. Like 
you know, you see Gilgamesh's character development and you see him like you could tell he loves Thena to death and would do anything, would put mm-hmm. himself on the line to defend her. And it's great. But then they cheapen it with the whole Hulk and Black Widow <laughs> trope, which has yeah. already been done. So I'm just like, oh, big muscly guy versus lady acceptance just flipped instead of it. Black Widow fixing him. Yeah. It's him fixing her. So I, that's why I was kind of like, come on. But Fair then like enough. Icarus, same thing with that. I mean, was that your lens flare? The oh. the hand? that's a tough one because it's it it's either that <clears throat> i don't know that's a good thing i didn't even th- I, I didn't really th- nail down a full <clears throat> lens flare did you have one ah lens flare mm, no i mean there was a little moment like when they were at the tenochtitlan um battle between like the white spaniards versus the aztec people you know with oh, the at guns the, at the pyramid and stuff yeah, yeah where they kind of leaned into the uh a little bit like um <laughs> like hating white people yeah <laughs> which was a little bit i was like i felt it was a little bit preachy but at the same token like you know hey it's a very diverse movie um, where literally every ethnicity was acknowledged, you know, literally like every, every single one. They had literally this. This movie was so representation down. So I get it. And and it I wasn't get, a bad thing by any means. No, they did a, they did a very good job. It was of, so honestly. great. It wasn't preachy at all. And that's like the only scene where it felt a little bit. But at the same token, it's being historically accurate. Yeah, and I appreciated that. And so that's why I don't think to me this had a lens flare. To me, too much. Um, just because I really enjoyed the representation and they just did a really good job where it wasn't like su- super tropey, at least for me. Yeah, yeah, no, I And the only it. red shirt I had was the dude getting eaten. The, yeah, fi- the, the father. Just, there was so. no reason why it had to happen. <laughs> Icarus could have gotten there sooner. He got a son without his father. Yeah. <laughs> Marvel loves to kill dads <laughs> or moms. They love to leave the child without missing at least one parent. They can't have that happen. Darn you! Lo and behold, that damn you. that child became Star Fox. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Which no. yeah, let's talk about the well, ending. Hang on, real quick. Sure. So uh, I, I thought of it. So for a lens flare, I'll give it a dual lens flare, but it was they're minuscule. They're not a full on. I'll give it like small lens flares. It was Icarus flying into the sun, and then the Gilgamesh with the the you know sun's damn. getting low thing. Okay. Both of those I will say is lens flare, but they weren't like. Black Widow's fortress falling out of the sky. It wasn't like a bad one. It was just kind of one of those, like, to me, it was just like, <sighs> like, it just cheapens those characters and just kind of hurt. In my eyes, it hurts the finale of their arcs. Like, mm-hmm. their arcs were building very good, and then it just kind of falls off the table with those. Yeah. So that's what I'll say. But um, back to what you were saying, the end credits. What'd you think? Oh, like, Blade? Like, yeah. What do you think, Because they had two. They had the, <clears throat> the Star Fox guy coming on. With the troll, which was cool. I didn't know. Like, I don't know the comics, so I didn't know who um, that guy was. I'll, I'll look it up. You keep going. Though. And then I didn't. Um, and then Blade at the end because, oh, yeah. So there's this boyfriend of Circe, this uh, British dude. <laughs> and uh, he's like there at the beginning, a little bit in the middle, and then at the end. And so and he's totally cool with like her being crazy robot thing. And so at the end, he's like, well, I lied to you, too, about my family. It's complicated. And he show, he opens this, like, case, and there's a sword with some schmutz on it. And then you hear Blade's voice behind him. He's like, are you ready? 
are you certain you want to bring out that sword? Or something. Yeah. So it was kind of a teaser for Blade coming back. Now, I've never seen Blade. I've never watched him. Never. I've, I'm not a huge Wesley Snipes fan because I think he's a bad actor. <laughs> but um, I'm kind of excited to see Marvel bring Blade out, you know? Yeah. So I'm, so I'm pumped. I thought the end credits were kind of cool. I'm pumped to see where it goes, you know? Like, I, um, yeah. Yeah. How about you? Did you, uh, I forget, did you, you said you haven't seen the OG Blades with Wesley Never. Snipes. Right? Oh, never dude, you gotta them. watch them. They're I've so, only heard about the third one. So, the first two are great. Yeah. I don't, I don't remember if I've seen the third one. I know Ryan Reynolds is in the third one and Patton Oswalt. And Patton Oswalt was like, um, <laughs> Wesley Snipe was like high, high as balls the whole time and hated the director. So he only communicated with him through post-it notes that signed That's Blade. amazing. Yeah. I, I don't know if I've seen the third one. If I did, I probably only saw it once. But the first two were great. You need to watch them. Um, okay. A little a little backstory on uh, who Star Fox is real quick. Just a little synopsis. It says, uh, he was born on Titan and was the son of Mentor. He's also Thanos' brother. Uh, Eros serves as the superhero Star Fox. He is opposed by his mad brother Thanos, much like the rest of the universe. He has the power to psycho- uh, psychologically control other people's emotions he is also a member of the Avengers and the Dark Guardians. Wow. Okay. Yep. His abilities are super strength, agility, durability, and longevity, flight, and psychic control over others' emotions. Oh, that'll be cool. He has uh, just made his first appearance yeah. in Eternals and is portrayed by Harry Styles of One Direction. Harry Styles One Direction. Yep. Yeah. I didn't even know that was him. I saw that out there. I go, wait, who? I was like, who is Harry Styles in this? I look up the picture. I go, oh my gosh. I didn't even notice him. I can't Because he has it. long hair and that. His hair was all slicked back and stuff. Yeah. Harry's I mean, I thought, so I think Star Fox will be a great addition. Know nothing about him outside of what I read there. I'm, I'm interested. Mm-hmm. Cause I feel like they could make him, like, they could do a very uh, Shazam esque, yeah, where they could make him like a funny guy, That's but what like he a, felt like, like a great, like one of the strongest heroes, but he could be funny, which I hope so. Cause if you got, if if anyone listening to this in the future has never seen Shazam, <clears throat> highly recommend. That is Kyle's recommendation of like superhero movies. Shazam is one of the best DC movies ever made. Okay, like, if I had to put a top five of like standalones. If you haven't seen Shazam, you need to. It's just, it's so great for what it is. You know, mm-hmm. a 16-year-old getting the power of all of the gods, essentially. Sure. And what he does with it, or a 15-year-old. And even when he's in the superhero form, he still has the mind of, a, like, a 15 or 16-year-old. Yeah. But he's this big buff dude. I've heard and about it's it, so yeah. fu- it's so good. You okay. Need, you need to see it. But um, overall, I think it could be a great addition. Uh, Blade, I'm excited for. I like the originals. I hope they do it justice, because... Yeah, Man, it's so good. You, I just, I, I'm excited for you to watch those. I really am because you'll like them. I'll check them out because I love anything like vampire. Yeah, yeah. it's kind of cool. It sounds pretty cool. Yeah, it's, it's very good. I think you'll like it. What would you rate this? What would you rate Eternals? Um, if we're using your force-fed sci-fi scale, um, that's a tough one. After seeing it once, I mean, it is one of those I might see again because I always feel. For most movies, not counting Captain Marvel, Thor, Dark World, or uh, Black Widow, but uh, you have to see them more than once to like fully grasp and appreciate it. So from first viewings, I will probably see it again at some point. I would put it between would watch and would not watch. I'd put it in the middle ground like because I haven't decided yet if I would watch it again. I don't know. I probably... I'll give it, I'll give it a would watch because I'm going to go see it. I will see it again at some point to make a final judgment sure 
Sure. And then it could catapult it to would not watch <laughs> or could all go all the way up to, yeah, I'd probably own that someday. So I'm okay. not sure. I'll give it a would watch. What, right. about, what about you? What are your thoughts? <clears throat> I uh, It took two viewings for me to really appreciate it. See, that's what I'm saying. You, got, um, you, you have two, so. I don't think it's perfect film at all. I think there's some, like, parts, you know, like the Deviants were kind of, eh, so-so uh, with their motivations. I felt like the sex scene, and I, oh. felt, I felt some parts of the film kind of dragged or were just, like, annoying. Um, but I do think it, it was a really good film, well-rounded. Like, it was safe. But it was um, great representation, great story, great concept that was really abstract. And, uh, you know, it was like very different, different from I don't know any of the actors, really. So to me, that was kind of nice seeing like a bunch of randos as opposed to a bunch of like famous people that I've heard of. And um, though I could be wrong, I heard like these guys are on TV shows or something. I don't know. But I watch TV. So. Overall, I really enjoyed it. I would put this as like a would own. I would I would rate this. It's not a viewing party, but I would say it's a for a Marvel film. I was pleasantly supply, surprised at um, how decent it was. Not perfect. Uh, Cersei was kind of eh, so so, um, but I did think a lot of it was pretty well done. So that was my take. I think Chloe did a great job as a female director and. Uh, yeah, there were some redeeming. It. There were some redeeming qualities of the movie. I can give it that. That's why I'm like in yeah. between because it's like from one viewing, you know, you might make some rash judgments. That's why I had to watch Dune I twice recommend. on our last podcast. And we talked about that, but I'll, I'll probably want to see Turtles again at some point just to fully have a full judgment on it. Because yeah, <laughs> I don't know. Because again, you you might miss some stuff in uh, one viewing. There might be some stuff you didn't hear, some dialogue missed. So. That's why. Yeah. I, that's why I say would watch. I'll give it that. That's good. Best. Would watch is not bad, you know. Yeah. And whatever. <laughs> yeah, it's the best I could do right now. All right. Well, this has been fun, man. This has been a great uh, rendition of rocking it out. Yep. It's a what a way to wrap up our uh, four part series. That yes. We did. Wow. Yep. Well, I appreciate you, man, uh, for coming out here. Well, for yeah, taking you, part, <laughs> for me coming out here, taking part in the podcast. Uh, Thanks. Yeah. <laughs> uh, we'll definitely do this again sometime. I swear I haven't been drinking. Um, and yeah, so thank you so much. If you guys, and thank you. Yeah, no problem, man. Thanks for having me. No problem. And if y'all, as always, if y'all enjoyed this, uh, please like, subscribe, check us out on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, YouTube. Go to www.forcefitsci-fi.com and like, share, subscribe, read our show notes, and everything else. And send us an email for the next shows you want us to review. Appreciate you. We'll get back to our uh, scheduled uh, shows. And, uh, yeah, thank you so much. Yeah, not a problem. Until next time. Until next time. See you guys. Later.